1: For the blood of Jesus it has covered me. Father, we are so thankful again for just the blood of Jesus Christ. And uh, today, cover us with your blood. Hide us behind the cross. Just be with us as we open your word. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're just joining us or have been away for a couple of weeks, we are in part three of our message series entitled God Is. And in this series, we're talking about the way that our society tends to fashion God according to their own personal specifications, which has led us to a God. And I'm talking about quote-unquote God with a little g with a thousand completely different and opposing and false perceptions. So our goal is is yes, to get a proper conception of God, but a more important goal is to go way beyond just knowing about God. But we want to come to truly and intimately know Him. As the Apostle Paul said, in the power of His resurrection and with the fellowship of His sufferings, Week number one, we talked about the on-demand God, the God who does everything we want. But that God does not exist, by the way. God does not exist to serve us. We exist to serve Him. And then a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the rules, God. This is the idea that God is this control freak and kill joy. And, uh, but, but we said that God was not the God of rules. A rules-based belief system is never from God. Rather, rules are one of the characteristics of religion and religion complicates with rules, but Christ simplifies with a relationship. Today, we want to talk about the feelings God or the goosebump God. And this is the false concept that God is all about feelings, which, which many people have taken to mean that if you go to church and the music is extra good and the pastor actually keeps you awake for a change and and, and you shed a few tears, you can leave saying... Oh, God was in the service today because I felt him. But if you go to church and maybe you're fighting a cold and, and it's raining outside and you don't feel well that the songs weren't your favorite songs, the pastor wasn't on his game, and you leave saying, Boy, I didn't feel anything today, so I guess God must have not been there. Now, how is this goosebump theology passed on? Well, many times it's passed on unintentionally by good and godly people. For example, there are some people that just seem to naturally have more emotion or spiritual feeling than others, which is not necessarily bad. It can be good. But they always talk about feeling God and they say, well, I was talking with God yesterday and God just spoke to me. And I was driving to Springfield to go to the mall and would you believe that my favorite song by Mercy Me or Big Daddy Weave came on K-Love uh, or my favorite song by the McKameys came on KWFC, whatever type of music you like to listen to. But but God really spoke to me through that song. And then as I pulled into the mall parking lot I prayed for a closed parking spot and it was like God parted the sea and, and opened up the perfect parking spot right close to the entrance of the food court. And then I went shopping and and prayed that God would help me find a good deal on what I needed. Would you believe that I found the item and it was 70% off? And then I traveled back home and found out that my husband had gotten a 20% raise. And I opened the mail and, praise God, there was notice that our son had been accepted into a prestigious university on a full-ride scholarship. God is so good. I feel his presence in a special way. And he talks to me all day long. And, and that's wonderful. And, and it can be very real. But let me give you a scenario that is probably more realistic for some of us. Instead of hearing God's voice all day long, there are periods of silence, even though we pray and we seek God daily. And as we drive to the mall to Springfield, we turn on Caleb and we hear for the millionth time positive, encouraging, and, and we can't take it any longer because there's nothing positive, encouraging about our life. And then as we pull into the mall parking lot, it begins to rain like crazy. And and we circle and circle trying to find a close parking place, and there are none. We end up walking a half a mile in the rain without an umbrella. And the item we wanted is sold out. And so we head back home after the wasted trip and find out that our husband got fired and our son got rejected at a community college. If that's possible. (laughs) And so we begin to question... Where is God? We don't understand how so-and-so says they feel God all the time because we don't feel him at all. If you've ever been there, if you've ever had those times of silence, darkness, I want to talk to you. Now, to try to get us headed in the right direction and try to get the wheels of our minds turning a little bit, let me ask you a couple of questions, and and just be honest this morning, okay? These are not trick questions. First question, how many of you would say that at one point in your life you know you have felt the presence of God? Just raise your hand. Raise them really high. Keep, keep them up. Okay, you can put them down. Let me ask another question. Again, just answer honestly. How many of you would say that you believe you have felt God's presence so far in church today? And don't lie. You know, if you haven't felt him, that's okay. That doesn't mean you're a sinner or anything like that. Just be honest. How many believe that you felt God's presence today? Just lift your hands. Okay. All right. Thanks. Put them down. It's wonderful if you felt God's presence. And and I'm not here to debate whether or not you felt God's presence. And, uh, and, and you know, I do believe God, God is here. But But let me make you a little bit uncomfortable this morning. And And just ask you this, how, how do you know you felt God's presence? I mean, think about it just for a moment here. How do you know you felt God's presence? You say, well, I got goosebumps or I got this tingly feeling so that had to be God. Or, or maybe someone else would say, well, the music today just brought tears to my eyes, and so I know it was God. Or maybe someone else would say, well, I felt God because I, I just got that peaceful feeling where all of my stress and problems faded in the background. I'm going through a tough time, and, and you know, that kind of just faded into the background. And so I, I know that had to be God's presence. But, but the question is, how do you know you felt God? Well, I want to push you a little bit on this because goosebumps and tingly feelings aren't always of God. You can actually get tingly, a tingly feeling sitting across from someone of the opposite sex that really smells good and looks good. And I would ask you to say amen, but that's probably not appropriate here in church. Um, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Or, or for those who say, well, I felt God because I cried. Well, you can cry after watching an emotional YouTube video. In fact, this past Monday, my daughter Erica in New York City sent me a picture of my granddaughter Claire, and I was missing her so much. And I cried in my office when I saw the picture. Yes, you heard me right. An old gray-haired papa cried because he missed his granddaughter so much. And, And I assure you, my tears were not because I felt God's presence. Or for those of you who said, well... I felt, God, because I got that peaceful feeling. Well, you can light some candles, get in the bathtub, pour in bubbles, turn on the jets and listen to some Kenny G and get that peaceful feeling. Or you can even go out and smoke marijuana and you will get a peaceful feeling, or at least that's what they say, I don't know. And, and, and I know I'm I, I'm being sarcastic, but how do you know when you feel God well I'm not finished here let me keep pushing because I want to make you think we talked about how you know you felt God in church today but now let me ask you this if you haven't felt God in church today whose fault is it you know first of all is it God's fault is I mean is God looking down at you going I didn't like your attitude today you bad boy And so I'm going to give my presence to everybody else, but not you. Next week, maybe if you're better, I might give you some goosebumps. So could it be God's fault? Or or secondly, if you haven't felt God's presence, could it be your fault? I mean, like maybe you were distracted, maybe you didn't feel well, maybe you were on social media and maybe you were texting or you weren't focused enough during the service? Or or was it your worship pastor's fault because he didn't sing any songs that you liked? Or or was it the preaching pastor's fault because he struggled and couldn't seem to get it together and and didn't really connect with you? So not only how do you know you feel God's presence, but whose fault is it when you don't feel God's presence? Well, what we want to do today is with God's help is to show you that the presence of God is so much more than just feelings. Um, it's It's more than just a few goosebumps or or, or chills or, or or tears or even having that peaceful feeling. Feeling God's presence goes way beyond all of those. And as we get past our our, our super long introduction, <laughs> To kind of level the playing field, let me say that if you don't always feel God's presence, you're not alone. And and by the way, for those of you that have been pretending that you always feel God's presence and you're always up and you're always on a mountaintop, could, could I just kindly ask all of us to cut out the baloney? And let's quit pretending today. And let's open our hearts in transparency and allow God to speak to us. Is that a deal? And I'll be the first to open up this morning and and say that I haven't always felt God's presence. There have been many periods in my life where it seemed as if the silence from God was deafening. And I'm not alone. Let's look at a few leaders in, in God's Word who didn't always feel the presence of God. And first of all, we go to Psalm 88, a couple of verses there. Verse 13 and 14, and and here you can almost feel the frustration within the psalmist as as he cries out in verse 13 and says, Oh, Lord, I cry out to you. I will keep on pleading day by day. Oh, Lord, why do you reject me? Why do you turn your face away from me? You know, the psalmist was saying, God, I want to feel your presence. I'm begging you day after day after day. Why do you reject me, God? I want your presence. Where are you? We see another example with the Apostle Paul in the New Testament. Now, the Apostle Paul had some special times with God in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 2. One of the most mysterious passages said at one time Paul had had, had the kind of experience where he was caught up into the third heaven. I, I, I don't quite understand that. I don't know what it means, but evidently it was such an amazing experience that, that he didn't feel he could really talk about it and, and share details. But, 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 but then in 2 Timothy, it gives the other side. Paul talks about feeling abandoned. And I'm sure in his mind, he was thinking, God, not only have my friends forsaken me, but God, where are you during this time of my life? Jesus himself even experienced this silence from God. And, and yes, during much of his life, Jesus walked in the most intimate fellowship with God where he walked with him, he talked with him. But, but when Jesus took our sin upon, up, uh, upon himself, and, and, and the Bible says that God being so holy, he couldn't look upon that sin. And so he turned his face and, and in, in, in Jesus' most desperate moment, he cried out and said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So what I want to get across to you this morning is that, that if you don't always feel, quote-unquote, feel the presence of God, you're not alone. Now, what I want to do for the rest of our time today is to suggest three possible reasons why we may at times struggle to feel God's presence. Number one, we struggle because I think sometimes we over our feelings. And I want you to hear me out on this. Don't don't misquote me, okay? Just listen to the whole point, and then I think you, you'll you'll hear this come together. But this is what the disciples did in John chapter 6, verse 30. It says, uh, you know, they replied, you must show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What will you do for us? In other words, they were saying, God, give us some kind of big, bold, clear sign. We want something tangible that proves that you are there, that, that God is here, that God is real. And and, and then this kind of cracks me up. Um, have you ever heard the, the, the phrase in the good old days? You know, the, those, uh, those of you that are over 50, and of course that doesn't include me, but uh, yeah, it actually does. But, but, but those of us that are older, we tend to do this. We talk about the good old days. Well, that's what the disciples did. They began to talk about the good old days because in the very next verse they said, in 31, says, After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness, as the Scriptures say, Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. So so God, in the good old days, you did this and you did that, and why don't you do something like that again? God, give us a sign. Give us some goosebumps showing that you're really with us. And, and it's not just those of us that are older, but we tend to do the same thing. We want God to give us chills and goosebumps and tears, thinking that those things are proof of the presence of God. But I want to make it clear this morning that God doesn't always reveal Himself through signs and warm fuzzies and tingly feelings. Yes, thank God. There are those times He does that, and I've had plenty of those moments in my life. But again, there have also been plenty of times when, when I did not tangibly feel God's presence in my life. In fact, can I trust you? Are are, are you trustworthy here? I heard one person. But um, just don't judge me, okay? Because I'm really going to open up my heart to you about some spiritual moments in my life when when I I thought I should have had a goosebump moment, but I didn't. Please don't be disappointed in me. But one took place when I was a teenager. I gave my heart to Jesus as a first grader, and by the way, that's not a teenager, but um, when when I got into high school, I began to seek more of God, and I was hungry to have everything He had for me, and so I had heard of the work of holiness or sanctification or the fullness, fullness of the Spirit or the deeper walk, whatever you want to call it, and, and, and I began to seek God, and, and uh, let me just insert here, I, I personally don't believe that the Bible teaches that the evidence of being filled with the spirit is speaking in tongues you know i've spent many hours studying this out and you may or may not agree with me but i believe the evidence of being filled with the spirit of god comes in the form of the fruit of the spirit love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control and and and, and i'm sorry but my, my thought is i honestly don't give much of an importance to to the what kind of experience a person had you know sometimes people will tell, tell me well Well, I was seeking God and this happened to me. You know, I had a vision. I heard a voice. I spoke in tongues. I fell to the ground. And it was amazing. But, you know, I've come to almost disregard the quote-unquote experience. And do you know what I pay attention to? Do they show the fruit of the Spirit in their life now? But anyway, my, my heart yearned to have everything that God had for me. And so as a teenager, I went forward at a revival in a little church in in Arkansas. And as I went forward, I decided I would stay on my knees. I was so hungry. I would stay on my knees until I thought the work was done. And I didn't realize it then, but now I see that I was seeking some kind of a sign. So I stayed and I stayed and I stayed. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And I know everybody was frustrated that this teenage kid was taking so long to get right with God. But do you know why I was taking so long? I was waiting for that goosebump moment, the moment when the chills would go up and down my spine. I was waiting for the sign, the tingly feeling signifying that Joe Trussell had received the filling of the Spirit. Well, let me tell you the rest of the story. The only tingly feeling feeling i got that night was because i was on my knees so long that my legs went to sleep and and you know when your arm or your leg goes to sleep it tingles and it feels like you're being shot full of needles that's the only tingling sensation i ever got And so there I was on my knees for the longest time praying and thinking, God, I'm not feeling anything. What's wrong, God? Why aren't you zapping me with with feelings? Why am I not experiencing the spiritual high? And, And finally, some of the godly and wise people working with me began to help me understand that just as salvation is not by feeling, but it's by grace through faith, being filled with God's Spirit is also not by feeling, but it's by grace through faith. And when I came to understand that even though I didn't feel anything except for the tingling sensation in my legs that had gone to sleep I quietly accepted the work that God had done in my life by grace through faith. And just kind of on a funny note when I finally stood up my legs were so asleep I fell back down. And it wasn't because I was slain in the spirit. My leg just gave out. another time that I thought I should have feelings was at my ordination. Well, let me just tell you a little bit about that. My, the Church of God Holiness has a policy that you're supposed to be a licensed minister under the supervision of another minister for a minimum of three years before you're eligible to apply for ordination. And, and for those of you that may just be kind of like Greek, but uh, you know, a license is kind of this thing that allows you to, uh, uh, before the state uh, allows you to do weddings and, and whatever stuff. And then ordination is kind of like that higher certificate that, that you get. And and um, well, before we went to the mission field 31 years ago, I didn't care about titles. I didn't care about licensing. I didn't give a hoot about ordination. And, and I still don't. Uh, so I'd made no effort to even be licensed. Well, the Church got hold and said, hey, you're going to be a missionary. You need to be licensed and ordained. And in fact, in Bolivia, the country we were going to, to even be able to administer the Lord's Supper, you had to not only be licensed, but you had to be ordained, which isn't biblical, but that was just their man-made rule that they had for the organization. And 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 of course this was the day before internet licensing. Today anyone can apply for a license to be granted one and you can do weddings and what what whatever. And but thirty years ago you had to earn your ordination and you couldn't buy it. So even it didn't matter to me, the Church of God of the Holy said, You need to be licensed, you need to be ordained, and so they broke all of their rules and said, you know, you seem like a pretty good guy. Boy did I ever have them fooled. And they said, we're going to break our rules because you're going to Bolivia soon, and what we're going to do is give you a license and ordain you both at the same time, even though we're not supposed to. And I think 30 years later, they realized how big of a mistake they made. But anyway, on this special day of my ordination, they, they brought in all of these spiritual giants that, that that pretty much had the ability to glow in the dark, and, and you know, they could walk on water and, and, and turn water into wine, maybe not the wine part because they were teetotalers, but uh, but anyway, they gathered around me in, in, in a special, meaningful ceremony. And they laid hands on me and prayed that the Holy Spirit would set me apart for ministry and, and be with me in a mighty way. And, and you know, if I should have ever gotten the warm spiritual fuzzies, it, it should have been then. I mean, these were legends of the faith praying over me. And this was my big moment. And, and I should have had goosebumps and chills and tears and everything else. But the truth is, I didn't feel a thing. I was like, God, what, what's wrong with me? I, I want to feel some chills and this is my big day and I, I, I want to feel something. But I didn't. And, and, and don't tell anybody this. I know I can trust you. But it's almost like I needed to fake some emotion at that moment because everybody's supposed to feel something at an event like that but I found out I'm a really bad faker and so I just kind of stood there and it was an awkward moment. There was another time more recently that I I thought I should have felt God's presence and there's this conference that many of you have heard about and even been to called The Encounter and and a couple of years ago I went to it and, and let me just say at the very beginning here this is not a reflection on The Encounter this is just as what I said earlier was not a reflection on my ordination ceremony so don't read anything into this but but I went to the encounter, and everybody's always, everybody always talked about how God moved in an incredible way, and they always felt God's presence, and I, I I got there, and God was obviously moving, men seemed to be getting their hearts right with God, and, and and I can kind of laugh about it now, but it almost appeared as if some of the guys from our church were pushing, pushing me to go forward and confess some deep, dark, hidden sin, you know, as the lingo at the encounter is peel away one of the many layers, because that's what you're supposed to do at the encounter, and, you know, you go forward and confess all this stuff that you've been hiding, and, but I didn't go forward and not because I was too proud or too good or too holy not at all sometimes I'm very human but but God hadn't convicted me of any disobedience or sin and so I just kind of stood there and 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 I'm imagining this maybe it wasn't true but I kind of felt like some of the guys were looking at me out of the corner of their eyes uh, just just you know is he going to go forward or not and are we going to learn something uh, a, a dirty secret about our pastor and uh, but anyway, I just stood there, and 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 God was obviously moving again, and I, and I kept waiting for for the chills and the tingles and the goosebumps. But again, they never came. And and so once again, I'm I'm a poor faker, and so I wasn't going to fake any emotion that wasn't real. So now, now, the question was, God working there? Oh, sure. Was God working at my ordination? Yes. Was God working when I sought the feeling of the Spirit and didn't feel anything? Absolutely. So. Why didn't I get goosebumps? Well, I don't know all of the reasons, but just know there will be those times, even though that it's obvious that God is there, yet you may not personally experience extraordinary feelings. Now, I, I, I do want you to know that there have been many, 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 many times that I've had those goosebump moments, and God was so good to me this past week. Thursday, both Thursday morning and Friday morning while I was talking to God here in this room by myself. You know, the tears began flowing and even though it wasn't about the tears, yet there was no doubt that God gave me some feelings. And I, I, I had those moments of feelings and I love those times. But what I'm, what I'm trying to get across is that feelings are not the only evidence that God is there. In fact, if you always felt God, you wouldn't need faith. And you say it again, if you always felt God, you wouldn't need faith. And Martin Luther once said, feelings will come, feelings will go, and feelings are deceiving. My warrant is the word of God. Nothing else is worth believing. And so I believe uh, at, at times we over-sensationalize the presence of God. We're, we're looking for the goosebump feeling, the tears, when sometimes God just wants to come in a Quiet whisper. Now, before we move on, let me give you one of the dangers of oversensationalizing feelings. The danger is that many times it leads to faking it. You know, we see other people reacting a certain way, and even though we may not feel it yet, we think we should feel it, and we think that so-and-so thinks we should feel it, so we fake it. Which always leads to hypocrisy. Don't get caught up in faking the presence of God. Just remember that not everybody will react the same way you do. We want to give you freedom here at this church. You know, I love it when people raise their hand in worship. I believe it's biblical. It's scriptural. But we're not in the business of trying to produce clones. We're not going to force everybody to do that. I love it when people say amen and and that's so encouraging. But not everybody has that type of personality. So, as people of God and as your pastor, I want to give you permission. As you obey God, I want to give you permission to be yourself and not think that everybody has to do the exact same thing you do and go the exact same place you go take the same route you did but but keep in mind when you don't feel those goosebump moments remember he's still there and in those times of silence embrace him in the everyday moments when you're driving to work early and you see the sunrise and the colors are splashed across the sky embrace god the creator Or when you go to work and you do something you're pretty good at, just say, thank you, God, you gave me this skill. Embrace him as your helper. A few days ago, and this is kind of funny, but I was trying to repair something that was really above my pay grade, and I'd never tackled anything like this before, and I didn't have a background in that area, and I had consulted a repairman, and and he tried to fix it and gave up, said, you're just going to have to get a new one, and this can't be fixed. But I'm the type of person that likes a challenge, and especially if someone says it can't be fixed, and... So I kept working with it, and I struggled a while, but I I finally uh, put it back together again, and I didn't have any extra parts. (laughs) Uh, And would you believe it worked? And I walked in the house, and Faith and Becker were there, and, and the first thing I said was, I just need to give a testimony. I said, God, help me do something that was way beyond me, and and I embraced God in that moment because I knew it was him. Embrace God in those moments when you're in Branson with your grandson like it was a few days ago. This about brings tears to my eyes, but he's six years old. all oh boy, rough, tough, sometimes mean, but so sweet. And there we were and all of a sudden I felt something in my hand and he had reached his hand up and wanted to hold the hand of his papa. And I embraced God in that moment. Embrace God in those moments when your granddaughter in New York City wants to FaceTime you because she's missing you. You know, even when you don't have those goosebumps, still embrace Him in everyday life. Wow. That's one out of three points. <laughs> I'll try to hurry here because I need to cover this. And I don't want to use this as a scare tactic, but as your pastor, I feel obligated to say that there are some of us that may not feel God because our hearts, number two, have become hardened. Jesus quoting the prophet Isaiah in Matthew chapter 13, verse 15, it says, For the hearts of these people are hardened, their ears cannot hear, and they've closed their eyes so their eyes cannot see, their ears cannot hear, their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. There's a hardness. And we need to understand that the number one cause of a hard heart is sin in our life. When we sin against God, that sin breaks the intimacy with God. And when we live with ongoing sin in our lives, it's like plaque, plaque building up in our heart. You know, every time I go see Dr. Mike, even though I'm a very consistent and everyday flosser, I never miss a day. Yet it seems like Dr. Mike always gives me a little bit of a well-deserved chewing because I still end up with some plaque buildup. And, and, And sin is like plaque buildup on our heart. It grows hard and blocks us from the intimacy that God wants to have with us and you say, well, I'm not doing any big sins. Well, well, congratulations. But the problem is that so many of us learn to live with what I call sanitized sins. I don't know what it might be for you. Maybe it's gossip. And, and we camouflage gossip by saying, well, we need to pray for so-and-so because they're doing this. It could be lust. It could be pornography. It could be gluttony. Anybody want to say, ouch? could be laziness. It could be some other sanitized sin that just kind of lives there. And so I found that every now and then I I, I need to do a gut check and and we, we need to do what David did in Psalm 51 after he had sinned. He prayed, God, create in me a pure heart. Renew within me a right spirit. Restore to me the joy of my salvation because plaque has built up and there's that hardness and and we're not soft towards the things of God. Well, number three, We don't always feel God because maybe God wants to draw us closer to himself. And I love Acts chapter 17 verse 26. I'm just going to kind of jump in there and won't make a lot of sense, but I I think you can kind of catch what Paul was saying. Paul was preaching there in Athens and, and in Acts chapter 17 verse 26 it says, from what one man he created all the nations through the whole earth. He decided beforehand which should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. And and then he gave the why behind it. He said, God, this, God did this, so what? Uh, so, so why? And, and, and here it is, verse 27. His purpose in all of this was that the nations should seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward Him and find Him. So what did God do? God created. He, he built up kingdoms. He, he, he tore them down. Why? So people would seek after God. And there may be those times that we do not feel God. And the reason is because God is trying to create a hunger for Him within us. You know, there's a word deprivation. What, what is it? Well, uh, de- deprivation is, uh, you know, missing something. Deprivation draws out desire. So if I don't eat, what do I get? I get hungry. If I don't drink, what do I get? I get thirsty. And, and if I don't sense the presence of God, sometimes God is trying to create within me a hunger and a thirst for him and the good news is this and in jeremiah twenty nine thirteen, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart i don't know how many of you ever had your little child reach their hands up to you and and as a parent how do we respond we snatch them up and anytime you lift your heart up to god He reaches down and responds to you. So seek God. Seek Him with all of your heart. Seek Him day and night. And yes, there will be plenty of goosebump moments when they come embrace them. And there may be those times you get a goosebump moment you feel you need to slip your shoes off because you are standing on holy ground. Embrace that moment. There may be those times when when you just feel so unworthy and you want to fall on your face on the floor before God. Just let the tears flow. Embrace those times. They're real and He is real. But don't base your walk with God on your feelings. You know, I close with this little poem that my dad used to quote, and uh, it's a very, very simple poem. Probably many or most of you have heard this. Three men were walking on a wall, feeling, faith, and fact. Feeling took an awful fall, and faith was taken back. So close was faith to feeling that he stumbled and fell too. But fact remained and pulled up faith and faith brought feeling too. Could, could I read that again? Three men were walking on a wall feeling faith and fact. Feeling took an awful fall and faith was taken back. So close was faith to feeling that he stumbled and fell too. But Fact remained and pulled up faith, and faith brought feeling too. Father, I pray this morning that if we're over sensationalizing it, give us the power to see your goodness in the everyday moments. I know you may speak in a goosebump moment. Thank you for those times. But Lord, when you choose not to and you choose to give a whisper, may we just see you in the quietness, the stillness, or in the glory of creation and and the power of new life on this earth. Father, I want to pray especially for those today who are missing you because of the buffer of sin. The sin has built up on their heart and so there's that hardness and Father, I pray that there would be repentance and that they would turn from the sin and realize that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And, Lord, today would you restore to them the joy of their salvation and, and create a pure heart anywhere that our hearts have grown hard. And, Father, I pray for those that you're drawing closer through creating a hunger and a thirst and maybe that sense of silence and darkness. Lord, may we pursue you today. Father, I just pray that we would have a walk with you that's steady. Feelings will come, feelings will go, as Martin Luther said. Lord, when the feelings are there, we want to just embrace you. We want to worship you because you give us those precious times when. It's so obvious you're there, obviously you're there. But Father, during those times when it's quiet. I pray that we would not be down. I pray that we would not be unstable. God, would you give us the fact? That Jesus is with us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. We have the word of God that is constant. You do not change. Your word does not change. Lord, I, I, I pray that you would just help us to embrace you in those quiet moments. Father, I pray that for your people today that there would be no sin in their lives. God, would you keep us clean? Lord, let us just embrace you at all times. Lord, if it would please you this week, there are some people that are dry here. And I pray that maybe this week you would give the refreshing rains and that you would give some feelings, some tingles that would be God-given and healthy. pray this in your name. Before we close, is there anybody here that would say, Pastor, I am going through a time of silence. Would you just pray for me that I can embrace Him during this time? Anybody just lift, up, lift a hand. Thank you. I see your hand. I see your hand. Anybody else? I see your hand. Anybody else? There's a, I see your hand. Lord, I want to specifically pray for these right now. That you would reveal yourself to them, whether it's through a whisper or through a loud moment. Let them know that God is walking with them. I pray this in the strong, wonderful name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And all of God's people said, Amen.
0: Thank you, you're dismissed.